Hello, all you beautiful people out there in Radio Land. It is your host with the most, King of the Couch. Episode 27. Here we are, 8.46 p.m. on a Monday evening. Oh, feels like Sunday for me. I had half a day of work today, which is I'm all out of whack. I actually forgot I had to do the podcast this evening. I was just fucking sitting on the couch, having a little tin, and just had a nice meal with Beck, and we watched some stand. I was like, you know, there's something I should be doing tonight. Hit me, motherfucking podcast. So anyway, here I am, episode 27. I'm excited. Let's go, get pumped, get fucking blown, get down. Let's do it. What a weekend I had. It was a big one. I'll go through my weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I Friday, we went up to a... <laughs> Uh, I did it. It was a nice thing to do. I, I did a family thing. Beck was meeting a friend who had some couple of kids, and they went up to uh, this place, Nambour, uh, up on the Sunshine Coast, and it was like a Christmas carol event evening, and uh, yeah, look, that was fun, I guess. It was fun because of the company. It was fun because I got together with Arabella and Beck and, and uh, some friends and stuff like that. Some friend, A friend and the kids, but the kids liked it. The kids froth on that shit. But as soon as I got there, I was just like looking around at all the other parents and the dads and the poorly dressed individuals and the bad haircuts and the woeful choice of shoes and things like that. And I was just going, oh, I'm fucking sticking out of here like a sore thumb. And a really swank old Hawaiian buttoned up to like middle of my torso, just had the chest bearing, uh, had my Air Force Ones on. I just felt like a million bucks and I thought, oh, fuck me, dad, I am I am overdressed here i am well overdressed uh first thing i did was try and look for a bar no bar first cross against that uh, little event for next year no bar get a fucking bar uh, dad and mum can have a little sip where the kids run wild but look it was all right but um uh, no offense to any namborians that uh, are listening but uh not really, not really my my cup of tea up there. Um, not really one for Christmas carols. Not a Grinch, but not not really one for Christmas carols and and kids just going sort of ape shit everywhere. But uh, look, that was fun. That was a different Friday night for me. I did I did the right thing and I went with Beck and Arabella. And I thought I'll I'll do this. I'll I'll be an unselfish prick for once in my life, which is pretty rare because I I have been told I can be a pretty selfish prick. That was Friday night. Come home, got stuck into a little uh, movie and a, and a little little beery before bed. Uh, I will touch on the movie. It was it was the Irishman on Netflix. Uh, okay, new Martin Scorsese film. Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Harvey uh, Harvey Keitel, and Al Pacino. Unreal film. However, at three point five hours long, oof! It basically i've uh, the way i've been working i'm splitting it up into like a fucking mini series not by choice but just because my old ass dad bod just can't physically get through a 3.5 hour movie in one sitting anymore i'm tired people i am now waking up a lot earlier than i ever have in my life not by choice but out of necessity because i'm raising a, a beautiful daughter and i just don't really get to sit down and watch a movie until what is it? Well, it's ten to nine now. If I finish this podcast in an hour, ten ten thirty. I don't really. That's the time I can sit down. You know what I mean? Nine o'clock is is a plus. It's it's a good time if I can. So at three point fucking five hours, I'm sitting there just crunching well after midnight. You know, and 
Thursday night, I tried to get stuck in. I think I got an hour on Thursday night. Friday night, I got another hour in. I just, I, I tap out at an hour. It doesn't help that I got a bit of Dutch courage under my belt. Uh, I don't know if anyone has noticed, but it does cause drowsiness, so do not operate under heavy machinery. But uh, oh, just falling asleep left, right, and center. And I think Saturday night, we stayed at my mum's, and I was like, I'm going to do the last hour and 15 here. Oh, fuck me, Dad. Didn't I get about 30 minutes in, falling asleep, woke up as the credits rolled, so... I said to Beck, I was like, you want to watch this? She said, yeah, I do want to watch this. I said, right, let's go right from the start. I'm gonna, We're going to sit down on, a, on an afternoon. Let's kick it off in daylight, wide-eyed, with a cup of water, no alcohol, just zoned in. Really good, though. I liked it. Um, f- look, without, without sitting there watching the movie from start to finish, uh, the one con I thought was it was obviously a bit too long, and there was probably... A, a little bit of the movie that could be chopped out I'd say anywhere from sort of half an hour to 45 minutes maybe uh, I don't know what but it, there, was, there was a hell of a lot of dialogue I just thought it was going to be a bit more violence in it the violence that is in it is good it's just there's not a lot of violence like I thought like my my favorite movie ever is Goodfellas so I had, I had really high hopes for this I love Casino um, these movies are similar in a way and it was kind of a bit of a nod I thought to uh they're all, look, they're all old as fuck now. De Niro, Pesci, Pacino, Scorsese, they're all really, really getting on in age. And uh, I kind of think this was almost like a homage. This movie was a true story, but it was almost like a homage to themselves as actors in, the, you know, in their glorious gangster-fired roles that they have done over their, their acting lives. So, look, I thought it was a good nod to the, those movies, a good nod to themselves. Um, but, yeah, my only gripe was it was probably a bit too long, probably a little bit that could be cut out do you know what i mean but uh look uh, scorsese as he is he's always brilliant you know so it's hard to really really fault the man but um anyway i i got sidetracked there but that was the movie that was my king of the couch episode 27 irishman movie review i'll fucking probably give you another review once i once i again get through 3.5 hours in one sitting but anyways that was friday night saturday we did our thing clean the clean the shit out of the house and went down to Brizzy. We had a little thing in Brisbane. Uh, what was it? It escapes me. Oh, not really anything, to be honest. We just hung out with my grandparents, went swimming in my auntie and uncle's pool. That was really cool. It's hot as fuck. I mean, I'm not surprised. I've been here for 30 years of my life. And in Queensland, um, by if history is anything to go by, it's always going to be hot. It's continually hot, and it just... And I tell you what, it just never fails to get hot every 12 months when summer rolls around. So we always go, you know, you'll you run into someone on the streets. It's a, it's the quintessential Australian thing you can say to someone. Oh, fucking hot day, isn't it, mate? We're bloody hot today. And uh, we're always dumbfounded and surprised by that. But um, I don't know why we are. And it really is a dumb thing to say. But, you know, fuck me dead. It was quite hot in Brisbane. It was about 35 degrees over the weekend, quite sweltering. I slept on the couch at my mum's house so I could put the AC on because it was just so fucking hot. I've got one, two, three, four aircon units cranking in the house at the moment. So the house will be like a nice refrigerator. I'm sure we're all on the same wavelength here. You know, I, for most of my life, my whole my whole childhood, we never had aircon at my mum's house. We never had aircon at my dad's house. When I first got into a house that had aircon and, you know, I was paying rent and things like that, I was just like, why in fuck's name have I never, ever had the privilege of having aircon before? Queensland is the hottest state cranking and we just, we have to deal with the piss fart fan just circulating warm air around the room. 
it's fucked. It's like opening the oven door and just turning the fan on. I mean, there's doing absolutely nothing. The hot air just keeps hitting me in the face. So I sort of made a vow to myself that, you know, if it's hot, I'm going to put the aircon on. I don't care if it costs us extra money on the electricity bill. I'm not one of those tight, tight motherfuckers to just save a penny and sweat my nutsack off for three months in a bed. If you woke up in a pool of your own sweat, it's not a good feeling. So, again, digressing here, but uh, that's the Queensland summer for these international listeners or these interstate listeners that uh, live in colder climates of Australia. Um, but yeah, that was that was Saturday. That was really cool. I love catching up with family. We had a bit of pizza, had a few beers, and then I got to sort of hang out with my pop uh, later on in the night. And uh, I really I chewed his ear off. It was a good one. I, I I mention all the time how much I love family, how much I love uh, hanging out with family, being social with my family, and you know, like anything, I'm finding myself now. I've always done it, but with the podcast, right? I'm always you know, now thinking about what, what things I can talk about on the show. And I'm, I was listening before I invented the podcast or my podcast, but, uh, I'm now listening that bit more and sort of writing things down, taking notes, going, that would be a cool topic. So when I was sitting there with my grandfather, he's 86, he's come from a whole different generation, obviously. And I, you know, we were talking about ailments. This was a cool one. And I was just really asking him like, cause he's had a heart attack. He's had prostate cancer. He's had gallbladder out. He's had a fucking bajillion million, different skin cancers cut out and, he, and he's just seen it all done numerous different jobs and stuff like that and i just love chewing his ear off about certain things you know and um but that was cool it was good to just sit there and you know heart to heart and uh you know god love him he sat there on uh, on saturday night this was about 9 30 10 o'clock was sitting there having a couple of beers and um and we, he was talking about slowing down <laughs> he's 86 you know what i mean and uh he was just looked at me and he's like you know what aaron i just think i'm i am I've noticed that I'm slowing down. And I was like, oh, you think? Because he had to drive home. And it was just like, I was really nervous for him to drive home because I was like, he's not the best driver in the day at night, the whole vision thing. It would have been terrible. You know, I've driven behind him and it's an absolute fucking pain. I've driven with him and it's an absolute, oh, it's a death-defying uh, trip. And uh, But that was lovely. It was really always a pleasure for me to hang out with my pop and do those really nice things. Pardon me. I'm drinking a goat, a mountain goat, very enjoyable beer. That's the tagline, and I got to—I got to be honest, it is a very enjoyable beer, and it's that enjoyable. I'm gonna have to take a quick little momentary break. <sighs> Ooh, love having beer on a Monday night, but that was my pop. That was Saturday, and then Sunday, uh, we got up, did some family shit. As I said, we're getting up early now. I can't sleep in anymore, even though I want to. I feel like my head wants to sleep in, but my body and everything else just can't. Arabella's there slapping you in the face, laughing, going, let's go, Dad. So we were pretty much up at 5 a.m. on Sunday, rocking and rolling, did a whole walk thing. I did my one good deed for the day. I saw this. We walked around this corner. I saw this lady. Well, I thought it was a lady. It was a lady at the time. She had a motorbike helmet on, so I couldn't tell it was a man or woman. Kind of a small little thing, though. And... um the bike the motorbike that she was driving was falling over on the road we're walking up the street kind of looked like she just fell off it you know what i mean but like in an awkward way we're walking 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 i said i hang girls like mum and mum and becca said i'm just gonna go see if this person needs some help i said do you need some help and she's like yes i do need some help and uh it was funny i helped this chick get the bike up off the road lift it up put it onto the footpath she was a little thing like i'm not a big dude but she was smaller than me skinny little thing 
And I was like, you're right, you just fell off this bike. She's like, yeah, I just got my license like two days ago. And I was like, oh, well, you're off to a fucking flying start, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> and I've said to her, oh, you've, it looks like you broke a bit off this front guard here. And she goes, no, don't worry, I did that yesterday when I fell off. I was like, well, two days you've had the license, two crashes. I was like, yep, you are definitely becoming one of these uh, motorcycle statistics. So if you're listening lady i didn't catch your name but uh, god forbid you have fallen off that motorbike again and done yourself some real mischief be safe out there lady be safe be safe out there all motorists i cannot stress that enough it's coming to the silly season i'm doing my little uh my little warning for the silly season slow down just a little tense not so it's so fucking annoying do the speed limit that's really what i'm trying to say uh don't drink and drive definitely don't text and drive just put your fucking Spotify on, hit go, and then drive. That's what you got to do. Don't worry about it. The text, the nudes coming through on your phone. Wait till you get to the other def- dest- at the end of your destination. It will be fun. God, I'm ranting and raving tonight. But let's go through some of these things. That was pretty much my weekend. I took up... Sorry, I'm forgetting one big thing. I've got it here. One big thing. The whole fucking reason I went down to Brisbane. I mentioned it last week on the show. My mate Joyce, who passed away, we did, we did like a Memorial Day thing for him. It was called Day Out for Michael. And this was the second year we did it, and um, it was it was really good. We we all that's why I had after off today because I was a um, little bit shit faced last night, and uh, I look I preempted it. I took some annual leave, and I didn't I wasn't a jerk off, and I didn't call in sick and do that. That that's that's not my game. I preempted the, to know that I'd probably have some sort of hangover, which I did. I definitely did, and. Um, Anyway, so that was it. Look, it was a really good day uh, for many reasons. It's always bittersweet, like I mentioned last week. However, it was really good to to come and see uh, old friends. Um, some some of the guys from school. I mean, we really only get together once a year, maybe at this event or at another event. Now they've got some weddings and thirtieths and things like that that have kicked on. But other than, other than that, like sometimes it, it can be a year before I see some some good friends, you know. So that was really cool. Um, another another good thing about the day is that we try to raise money for men's mental health or just mental health in general. And um, pardon me. And um, they had like an auction um, with which one of the boys there conducted, which he was really really good at, really funny, but really engaging. And uh, I th- look, I didn't, I wasn't sitting there counting every dollar, but I'd say we raised over like two grand, which is cool. You know what I mean? Like we're all there just like sinking a few tins and having a good time anyway. So the fact that we could raise money and it's going to a good cause, something that uh, not only has, you know, affected me and, and, and all our friends that were there, but numerous people across the country and the world. So uh, it was good that we can do a little part. It's only a little part, but it's a it's a part nonetheless. So we'll, we'll keep cracking on next year and doing that as well. And in regards to next year, because we were just so steamed up on the Dutch Courage this weekend, I was razzing one of my mates up there, uh, Big David Green. I think he's listening to the show. And he should be if you're not, David. Listen to the fucking show because it's a perler. And uh, he's a big unit. He's a big horse. Uh, he's like 6'3", and he's you know he's built like a brick shit house. And uh, I was just winding him up, winding him up. And then I just was talking about if we had a boxing match, I could definitely beat him. I couldn't. I couldn't, you know what I mean? But uh, maybe just it's the the big versus small thing. I just was winding him up. But, you know, I love to trash talk and things like that. And my mouth writes a lot of checks that my ass can't cash. So, but it was fun. But anyway, from that little conversation, we're all, there was about 10 of us sitting around the table. We'll wind each other up. And then it just got on to, he was like, no, I'm deadly serious. Let's do a boxing match next year. 
and uh, he he called out Elliot Knight, which is a, is another big horse, and I know he's had a few fights in his time and can uh, definitely handle himself. He's a real man's man. Looks like a man, big beard, big head, big fists. You know, a man's man, and. Uh, so they're going to square off. He wanted the main event slot. Uh, I'm the real money fight, but he wanted the main event slot. Heavyweight, you know. And uh, then it got onto me fighting another one of my friends, Reese Forsyth, and then my little brother fighting uh, his little brother, Taylor Forsyth, you know. So the Thompsons v. Forsyths, and I guess whoever else wants to be on the card. So, we, you know, when all of us were at least 10 pints deep, we were really fantasizing about punching each other's heads off in the name of mental health and raising money for that. So look, who knows? We we could circle back here. I would do it. I wouldn't say I'd like to willingly get in the ring and get my head punched in. But if it was for a good cause and there was going to be money raised for something that was near and dear to our hearts, I'd have to really, really consider it. Plus, it'd be such a sick excuse to um, to just, you know, get fit. Um, I'll, I'll talk about goals later in the in the in the potty because I, I made a goal for next year and it could impact my socializing for the next 12 months but um, I'll talk to Greeny we'll have a think about it and we'll revisit the charity boxing match but look never never ever say never so I've never been in a fight yet I'm not fucking ruling it out so how good would that be my first fight just to raise money for for some sort of charity what a honorable honorable man I am but it was good. But um, and look, and another little tidbit about the day, uh, and this is probably what my goal for next year is about. We, Beck and I, and a lot of my friends, we all do it. Everyone's read. Everyone in Australia has read the Barefoot Investor. I feel like you know we're all on the same uh, budgeting kick as you do as an adult. You got to put money into long-term savings, keep your fun money, and this and your mojo and blah. Hey, you know all these different fucking emergency funds and bills and crap like that. But I naturally I give myself fun money each week, which is about fifty bucks, seventy. I had seventy bucks right going into the weekend. Seventy dollars doesn't sound like much, but it's enough because everything else is paid for, and I'm not trying to look to ball out every weekend. It's more just enough for uh, you know enough tins, maybe a bottle of wine, just to have a good time. And but you know I've whittled it down a little bit. I bought a six pack on Thursday, some more on Saturday, and then uh, so I had about forty four dollars going into this part and I had to really think about it and it was like I don't know if you've ever seen Half Baked that scene where Dave Chappelle's character goes on a date with the girl she asks him out and you know they get on the date and uh, he's got no money he's like $8 or something like that and it sort of goes through the whole date of how he does it and how he spends money on this and takes money from the homeless man and whatever but it's pretty funny but that was me yesterday in my head and I get stroppy about it sometimes I'm like Beck I need more money I've got an event there's an auction give me money give me all the money we got and uh, naturally, we don't have much money because it's all paid for and tied up elsewhere. But um, so I took $44 in. I, I planned the date. Does everybody do this? They, they plan it out. This sounds so 18-year-old of me. But Milky was like, look, come around. I've still got a lot of beer left from the wedding. So we're like, yeah, cool. Let's crush some tins there. So I think I had about three Coronas at his house. I had about one can of gold at my pops. I had a can of gold. Then I'm on to his house. Three tins, three, sorry, three stubbies of Corona get to the thing i bought my first pint nine dollars cooper's pale ale i thought this is good nine bucks i'll probably get look i'm not a mathematician 44 bucks that's just about five right I thought five pints is good you know my brother was coming he had a bit of money whoever else and you feel like such a cheap prick but sometimes these are just the games you gotta you gotta play so shout out to anybody that bought me a beer yesterday there was a couple of people that bought me a beer especially my brother he bought about three or four he must have bought me out three drinks and um 
my mate Matt Schloss, he got there and he, he's first thing he's like, yeah, do you want to drink? To me and to another guy, Ado, do you want to drink? Do you want to drink? And I'm going, fuck yes, I do want to drink, hey. And but I'm going, fuck no, don't think you're getting one back because I'm going to try and drink this and keep moving. And uh, look, he's an honourable dude. I was, I'm a little coward, but uh, he got me a drink. Thank you very much, Mashloss. And uh, I never got him one back, but I'll get you another one soon. I promise. You're a good person. And my brother got me heaps, which was good. However, I just did this. This is honorable. I'm not going to name names here of who the person who did the next thing, but one of my very, very close friends. You, as the listener, can guess it. You might know this person, um, but he he went a different route. You know, he thought I was just doing the the you know I'll get a pint and then run away. That's that's the it's the right thing to do. He was uh, he was around, you know, trying to offer like a service based kind of barter system. This sicko, he was offering another one of our friends who has quite deep pockets. I might add, he was offering him neck rubs in exchange for beers. Neck rubs for beers. What an absolute smart little pervert that man is. Firstly, I mean. I know he got some beers, and I know he was handing out these neck rubs. I didn't actually catch him doing it at the venue. I don't know if, and this is where my mind starts racing a little bit. I don't know they went home together. So I'm thinking, fuck, did he go home and like rub him down when he was at home in, in repayment for the beers? So basically, he's sort of he's like personally loaned these beers. You know, like he's going here, give me three or four pints, and I promise you, when we get home, I'm going to rub you down. That's absolutely perverse, and. Yeah, I just thought, on the other hand, kind of smart. You know, you're offering something, you're not running away and things like that. You know, you can keep, uh, maintain a good relationship with this friend. Um, I I have, I, I, can't, I can't sit very high on my ivory tower just here because uh, I have taken a neck rub and a back rub off this man and he's got some hard hands. He does a, a very wonderful massage. Um, however, he's never asked me for anything in exchange. You know, I never try to offer him money or beers. Um but look, you know, I'm just being negative. You know, I thought, what a great little thing as well. He could offer a friend, you know, uh, a friend in need. He thought, you got you got some tense, tight shoulders. Let me help you out. I've got a fucking barren wallet. How about you help me out with pints? Neck rub for beers. That's a thing. That could be a thing. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was the weekend. A 22 minutes. That was the fucking intro. That was the weekend. I've got about 17 other fucking things here. Let's go. I'm going to cull this list as I go through it. All right. We haven't talked about the UFC in a little while. I'm going to do a quick little UFC bit for five minutes. Conor McGregor, the notorious Conor McGregor, has had a fight announcement. It came out of left field, and I'm very, very excited about it. I didn't really expect this announcement. I sort of did, but I didn't at the same time. I thought it was going to be a long time coming. But nevertheless, the fight has been booked against uh, Donald Cowboy Donald Cerrone. How good is that? The notorious one versus the cowboy. This has been um, this has been a fight a long time in the making. I feel because if you go back and I've been watching the UFC for a while and following Connor for a long while, I think it was the press conference leading up to the first initial Aldo fight. So we're looking 2015, I believe this was mid 2015. They did the Go Big conference as they do in International Fight Week, and then. Cowboy and Notorious Conor McGregor they get into a stoush, you know, talking about this is when he was this is when Conor was a featherweight. He was talking about going up to the lightweight division, calling them all stiff as boards, and going to knock them all out. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and Donald was giving it back. So 
the seed was planted a good four years ago, I think. So um, I am looking forward to this fight. It's an interesting one. What I wanted to break it down was just just a, what's the what's the the play here? You know what I mean? Look, I love Connor, and he has been out of the fight game a little while. Of course, he, he lost to Khabib, and it was about a year ago now. He just really didn't look himself in that fight. Of course, he had that tr- really harsh trash talk leading up to that fight, which I like his trash talk. That trash talk, I thought, fuck, he's gone. He's gone hard here. You know, you cringe at some parts because it was almost like it was real what he was saying. He was like, he actually was like, I hate this guy. And it's never, I don't think it's ever been his thing to really hate people. He just does the trash talk because that's his personality. But but he seems like he really does hate Khabib. And that, that feeling is mutual. I think Khabib hates Connor. But anyway, so he lost that fight. You go back to the Floyd Mayweather thing and he lost that fight. So, look, I know it was his, a boxing thing, but in his mind... And, and the eyes of the world, it's still a loss, right? So he's technically on uh, you know, a two-fight losing streak, and now he's come back after a year off the game, and he's got he's going up to welterweight, right? So he's done the featherweight thing, got the belt there. He's done the lightweight thing, got the belt there. He tried to go to Khabib and rematch for the belt. He lost, you know what I mean? And and I think he lost quite convincingly, you know? Like, it wasn't... I hate to say it, and I was rooting for Connor something fierce, but he, he did, you know? He really did lose pretty convincingly. Let's just put it that way. So he's been gone a year. There's so many fights for him to make. Let's run through the list. So Cowboy was one on there. The Nate Diaz trilogy was one on there. Justin Gaethje fucking hates him. He's called him out. So there's three there. Um, Masvidal's been talking a bit of shit about him. So there's another one there. Obviously, the Khabib rematch, there's another one there. Um, and every other man and his dog is, is, is wanting to call him out. There was an even a little, a little blip there with him and Frankie fucking Edgar. I don't know what that was about, but... Frank Yeager's about five foot six, and he fights at bantamweight now. So the size difference for me just seems like ridiculous. Uh, I know Edgar. Any any purists listening to this, I know Edgar used to be the lightweight champion way 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 back when, and he's done the featherweight thing, obviously, and then now he's doing the bantamweight thing. But all I'm saying is, he's a little dude. There's a big size difference, you know. So this fight, though, this is an interesting fight. I like this fight. I think it's a fun fight. I think it's a fan fan fun fight. That's yeah. If that makes any fucking sense whatsoever, but let's look at the, let's look at the numbers. They're fighting at welterweight, right? So I think Connor's had the two Nate Diaz fights at welterweight. So he's had one loss, one win, and that's it, right? So he's kind of jumped the divisions a little bit. And Cerrone has really been involved in the welterweight scene in the last sort of two years, and uh, he's having a good run at welterweight. I think he's lost he lost to Darren Till. I know he lost to Masvidal, um, but he's had a good a good run. You know, he's beat some punters. He's had some great fights at welterweight. He's had some great fights back at lightweight. He keeps jumping. This guy fights every fucking second week. He loves to fight. You can tell he loves to fight, and he's a good fighter too. He put, a, he put an Instagram post up, and it was like, you know, all his stats. I mean, he's like the most winningest fighter in the UFC because he's had that many fucking fights for Christ's sake and the guys I don't believe he's ever fought for a belt which is a bit of a crime you know but um, I think he just sort of makes it into the top three and then he because he fucking fights all the time he lets himself down so he might lose to someone you know and then he's down a bit so he probably does himself a bit of dis- you know, disservice there but anyway that's him he's got a fight he likes it he loves drinking beer training doing his thing so all right my predictions for this fight if if Connor wins if Connor wins then it's it's 
it's awesome. That's what he needs. He needs a win. He can't really take a loss, right? If he wins, then the possibilities are endless. I personally think well, if while they're fought, why they're fighting at welterweight, I think that Connor is going to then want someone like a, a Jorge Masvidal, or of course the Nate Diaz trilogy. They had the bad motherfucker belt, which became a thing. Um, Masvidal won that, but of course Nate Diaz fought him for that. They all have history together. Uh, Masvidal has been, you know, talking a bit of smack about Connor, saying he'll fuck that little dude up. He's a midget, all this sort of shit. And and I think the kicker here too was Dana White, Connor, they're severe bum chums and dana said that he's masvidal is too big for connor he's just too big and that fight would never work in connor's favor so connor being connor i just know it's probably you know cut him deep and going fuck that dana watch this you know so that's my prediction connor i do think connor's gonna win i think he's gonna go with some sort of tko i i, I hope it'll be you know classic connor he's a counter striker um but Cerrone is no slouch, and he's really good at welterweight. So I think this is going to be a good fight, better than I think what people think. And I think a lot of casuals have been coming out of the woodwork, and we're going to call that. But I think a lot of people are writing Donald Cerrone off. But I'm I'm not definitely not writing him off. I just sort of want Connor to win for the whole Connor thing because I think there's so many interesting fights to make after this fight if he does win. Now if Cerrone wins. Well, there's sort of McGregor's flame really, really extinguished, you know. And Cerrone, he gets a massive payday regardless. But then he sort of can, if he wants to retire, he can do that. But I don't think he's going to do that, you know. I think he'll he'll if he does win, he could fight anyone at World's Weight. He could do the Masvidal fight. He could fight Nate Diaz. Of course, he's lost to Nate Diaz way back in the day at lightweight. So there's history there. You know, he's then got the winner of Colby and Usman. So it's like. <sighs> possibilities are endless this is a really interesting fight i think for for that reason the fights that can be made after this fight depending on who wins i'm gonna go connor uh round three tko there we go i don't think it goes past round three but it's gonna be a very good fight and another cool thing is that it's on january 18th which is my birthday weekend my 31st birthday january 18th so i'm gonna you be sure as shit, I'm going to fire up the pay-per-view on that 65-inch, get a whole mess of food, get a lovely little carton of beer, invite all my closest bum chums around, and we're going to sit there and yell at the TV like the absolute fans we are. So that's the UFC done and done. What else have I got to talk about on this fine episode 27? I've got a few things. A couple of different TV shows I'm watching. I'll talk about that. Talk about a funny little conversation that Beck and I had. I think that was a little funny one. And then... Some other crap. We've got a lot here. I'm just trying to race through. I don't know. See, one thing I like to do, people, is I like to not be too prepared where I order it. So I kind of read the notes as I'm talking. Talk about TV real quick. Because about that 65-incher just humming all week. Two shows I'm loving. Um, this is England. Uh, it's a, It was a movie. So This is England is a movie. And then they did This is England 86. And then 88. And then 90. They did sort of subsequent sort of sequel follow-ups to the movie if you will um like four episodes three episodes and four episodes in each season so they're, real, they're like a mini series relatively short but very good uh, english drama kind of funny in a lot of parts violent in other parts very very raw very gritty one thing i like about english cinema and australian cinema is that they're very raw gritty more in your face i like american stuff too and i'm not being a racist to american films but they're a bit more sugar-coated you know a bit more 
fake almost cgi'd up a little bit whereas the english and the aussie stuff the violence is real and this is england the violence is very very real um i don't know if anyone's seen it but it basically is about a young boy who falls into a skinhead gang and then they're not really nazis as such until one of the older boys the one of the friends he gets out of jail who has learnt racial um racist things in in jail and uh you know he sort of wants to come out and wants to get rid of all the the pakistanis and and the immigrants that are living in england at the time so it's set back in like i think 1983 after the falklands war and when maggie thatcher was the prime minister of england so it's good very very raw and very gritty and the follow-up series are great they're on stand so i'm watching those and speaking of racism the other one i am watching is godfather of harlem I had seen it on there, but shout out Nat Hort. She she said, you got to watch this show after listening to one of the potties where I said, what's fucking people, you know, listening? You know, what, are, what are people watching? And it's really good too. I'm having these conversations through the podcast. I put a question out. Someone gets back to me. I like what we're doing here. But Godfather Harlem is pretty good. Beck is really into it. She's probably into it more than I am. I've missed one episode, but I am watching it. Very good show about Bumpy Johnson. True story. I like it. Um, I, I, I've got to be honest, I don't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Some of the characters are just sort of hard to sort of, not love, but just to like even. They're just a bit, you know, there's like a Malcolm, I think Malcolm X is in this, and he's, this is all true, of course, Bumpy Johnson. And, um, yeah, I just, they're, they're hard to like a lot of the characters. You know, that you, you like the story, but the characters, I'm not I'm not connecting with a lot of them. Um but one thing I did I did pick up on in this show, and one thing that uh, it always makes me uneasy. I don't know why. Like, not uneasy. That's the word, but sort of uncomfortable, I guess. You know, um, is like the racism in these shows, and the just the racist chat that goes on. Look, I ain't a fucking. I don't live under a rock, and I know these sort of things go on, and I know that we live in times where it's still it's still alive in parts of the world. Don't get me wrong, but. It, racism just really is a horrible thing and that uh the way that they talk to each other and i know it's true to the time you watch any old movies or anything like that i mean racism is just splattered throughout history sort of thing of course which is unfortunate but um this show it just just the way that they they talk to each other because it's basically the, the the black community bumpy johnson and they're set in harlem which is a very prominent black neighborhood but back back when this was happening i think it was the 60s um the Italians were there too, you know, so they, they call the Italians the guineas and, of course, they call the blacks the, the N-word that, you know, rhymes with uh, bigger. So it's, it's uh, yeah, I just, when you're watching this show, and I know it's a show, but it, this is all based on true facts and I've seen other stuff. It just, it blows my mind how, how racist uh, people have been in years and just to, Nowadays, you know, just to look at people and just to see their skin color, even men and women, you know, like to to look at people to think that they're not equal like you are, you know what I mean? And um, it's just, I kind of, I find it kind of fascinating to 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 be honest. But it's also disgusting at the same time, you know, this way they talk to each other and they go they didn't like black people because they were black and they wouldn't let them do certain things and then obviously i guess in this show the 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 black people didn't like the italian people because of you know they were retaliating you know you always think shit did they did they hate them you know because of their skin color was it just a retaliation but um yeah just very interesting that people used to talk like that and i know people still do talk like that which which is no good if you talk like that then unlisten to this show because uh you're not 
welcome here with that uh, that racist crap. But anyway, good show nonetheless. Watch it. Uh, I'd probably give it like maybe like a seven out of ten. And this is England for me. It's like a nine or a ten out of ten. Very heavy, dramatic show with hints of comedy in there and a lot of violence. So that's my uh, that's my shout out for the for the shows. But here's a funny little conversation I had last week with Beck. We were sitting there and we were eating. Uh, oh, that's right. I made this like sort of curryish breakfast with like beans and mushrooms because we're eating. She's been vegan. She's been very very good with that. And I'm pretty much eating vegan food unless I feel like having some sort of animal product, which I do. But it might be like ninety percent of the time vegan. And then you're like 10% like animal products or, you know, you go to someone's house to have a couple of beers or something like that and they've got some cheese on the table, you might eat that and feel like a bag of shit uh, after it. But um, that's sort of my my food diet philosophy right now. Eat vegan until I don't. There you go. Um, we were sitting there because I had eggs on the top of mine, right? I love an egg. That was the first thing when I started doing the vegan stuff. That was probably the main animal product that I missed was, was an egg. I really didn't miss a lot of meat that much. Seafood, egg and seafood, seafood and eggs. I never had them together, of course, but separately, I miss seafood and eggs. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, we're eating the food, we're chatting about life real deep, and I was just like, who do you think came up with the idea of food? Like, how did someone just go, we need to eat, you know what I mean? Like, we we know in, our, in, in this day and age what, what it is to eat, and when we feel hungry, we know we need to fill ourselves up with some fuel and in the form of food, but... Like the cavemen, were they just eating shit? I mean, they were they were cavemen, I guess. But like, it goes all the way back. And I'm not a real, I'm not a biblical person. I'm not a religious person. Or I don't believe in God and things like that. So I don't think the big, big bearded man in the sky invented this whole this whole thing. Was it the science thing? Was it the Big Bang? All I'm saying is I don't know how the world was started, how life came about. But little fucking interesting things like this, like who discovered the fact that we need food and who discovered the fact that we need to eat food to survive like looking at the egg i'm going who the fuck walked behind a chicken picked up what could have been chicken shit and just thought i'm gonna eat this and hope for the best no wonder no wonder people died so young back then i mean they probably just got fucking salmonella poisoning all sorts of shit and i mean and another thing who the thought who thought after they eat the chicken's egg they thought oh fuck it We'll, we'll 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 chop his head off and 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 defeather him and we'll eat him too. We'll deep fry him and eat him. I don't know. It it baffles me this food thing, and it was a it's just a really funny conversation there. Eh? We were just like it's the whole chicken or the egg thing really. It was like oh who just did it you know, and uh, it's like that scene in Into the Wild. Like spoiler alert, he dies at the end by the way, because uh, he eats a fucking berry. He's trying to live in Alaskan, like, bus in the woods of Alaska in a bus, and he eats a fucking berry. The guy's just, like, so malnourished, eats a berry, dies. Uh, wasn't a bad movie up until that point. Kind of frustrating the way he goes, but it's a true story. God rest his soul. But uh, all I'm saying is, is that is that trial and error? Is that what we're dealing with, like, with how, okay, we've got to eat. I'm just going to trial and error this shit. No wonder people were dying of a young age back then. Probably just eating food. Cause of death, uh, tried raw chicken. But anyway, that's the kind of real deep shit that Beck and I talk about while we're eating our mushroom and eggs on toast. 
Speaking of food, though, I've got really obsessed with, like, tomato chutney and tomato relish um, nowadays. I ate, like, a whole jar of it last week. My favorite thing to eat is, like, a nice bit of toast, relish the fuck out of the bread. Like, I kind of use that as, like, the spread, and then I put a fried egg on top. If I get an avocado in there, that's the trifecta. That's Try that. If you haven't done yourself any favors today, do this one. Toast, then put the avocado down, a nice good bit of avocado, like, lather it on. Get, get in there smash the relish on i uh i got a new one tonight but i personally vouch for the Berenberg brand tomato relish uh they got some nice ones try those and then the nice fried egg on top bit of salt pepper oh so good double that up i usually go two toasts because uh, i'm a big boy i'm a growing boy i gotta eat but the relish is good i bought another different one uh tonight but it got me on this thing. I thought, I'm going to start making my own relish. I'm going to try it. I'm going to circle back here next week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. I'm pretty busy this week. But I am going to get a recipe for uh, tomato relish. I'm going to make it. And if it's any good, I'm going to fucking package it up with my my logo on the front, my head on the front. The king of the couch is relish. <sighs> king of the relish, we're going to call it. It's going to be so good. You're going to eat my my jam, eat my sauce. That that's I got goals. I got so many goals. Speaking of things that I'm creating, obviously the logo's done now. I got a couple of quotes last week to um, get some t-shirts made up, get some stubby coolers printed and stuff like that. So I'll circle back soon via Instagram and social media and shit like that and sort of put it out there who wants some t-shirts because I want my fucking mug out there across the nation. I might even put it, I might even put it on mugs as well. My mug on a mug. It's beautiful. Um... But uh, yeah, I didn't realize how expensive it was to get uh, clothing made. Uh, so I'm kind of working out the how I do it all, how I, um, you know, we'll work it out. I'll, I'll circle back, but beautiful listeners, I can guarantee them to you, soon enough, you'll be able to wear my face on a shirt, the king of the couch shirts, merchandise. It's going to be good. And a, and a fuck off pink stubby cooler that would be nice just pink stubby cooler nothing funner than having a pink stubby cooler around a nice cold can or stubby of beer but anyway i'm going to talk about two more things i'm going to shut this podcast off because uh i'm I, frankly i'm having a good time tonight i could keep talking but i'm going to shut it off what what did i want to talk about goals i mentioned goals like 30 seconds ago in the way of relish but i have a real goal for next year and it's to get debt free that's my main goal in 2020 i'm putting it out here and i'm sorry to people if i become a bit of a wet blanket for the next 12 months but uh beck and i we sort of came together i mentioned last week uh that we might be going to america next year for christmas and i'm not ruling it out just yet but we um we did the whole home loan pre-approval crap, uh, you know, the real adult things. We thought, oh, well, we like some houses, we'll do this, we'll see how much money we can uh, borrow from the bank, and uh, evidently we can't borrow that much, and that has really um, rocketed this number one goal of being debt-free um, <laughs> to to fruition for 2020. So, yeah, that's the goal in 2020, uh, become debt-free. So we can't do it over 12 months. You just got to really, really pull our heads in and just make that the number one focus. I want to know, is there is a lot of people out there, have they done that? Have they just said, right, I've got a shit bit of debt. It's doing me no no service at all. I mean, we save money as well as pay, as pay debt, right? So, and obviously the interest on your... Uh, your your personal loans and things like that far outweighs the interest you get on a long-term savings account. 
you, know, you put a hundred bucks into a savings account, and then you put a hundred bucks onto the personal loan. That interest far outweighs the the uh, savings account. So that's what I'm getting at. Uh, we dumped a fair bit of cash on it this year, but I'm just like, I want to get it going. I've pretty much and look. One thing about money is, this is my podcast, I'll talk about whatever the fuck I want. Uh, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, that's fine, just turn it down. Don't turn it off though. And I I don't worry about money. I'll, I'll tell people what I make. I'll tell people what I am in debt to and, and how much I save and how much I spend on beer a week. I don't really care. Money's not one of those things that makes me awkward or nervous to talk about. Holy fuck, I just said on the podcast like half an hour ago that I had $44 at, at a mate's event and I pretty much stole beers off friends and I had a meticulous plan to do that and it worked. It got me four pints. But that's me, 2020. That's the main goal. Pay the debt off. If I can save at the same time, I'll save a little bit, but if I can save more, that'll be a plus. And then potentially go to America at the end of the year. Um, but we got some we got some goals. Um, on, on the back of that, I might do a whole goal episode. I want I should list out my goals for 2020. Do do people do that? Do they write their goals? I've pro- I think once I've talked about goals on here, but how I would do it. Uh, I'd like to I'd like some feedback from people listening to the show if they are goal oriented people, how they do their goals, how they uh, how they track them. Me basically, I just say what I want to do and I will write it down on a piece of paper or on my my, my word document or something. Um, I kind of, I try to put realistic shit on there. Do you know what I mean? Stuff that I know I can really achieve. Stuff that I can achieve and then stuff that has to stretch me. You know what I mean? Debt-free, for example. I can do that for sure, but I have to stretch myself and change a lot of my ways to do that. Um, you know, that's what I, that's what I do. I write it down. I, I sort of look at this thing and it's, it's written and it's written in my mind at the same time. So I know it's a goal and for this particular one though as a as a bit of a oh fuck it's friday afternoon i want to go buy a carton of beer i'm gonna have things around the house debt free 2020 debt free 2020 i'm gonna put it in my office i'm gonna put it on the back of the toilet door because god knows i spend a good amount of time in there i'm gonna put it in the kitchen beck's gonna put it in her room like it's gonna be everywhere you know what i mean i sleep in the room with beck by the way but all her stuff's in there i feel like the office is my room we're not weird we do still live in the same room but Debt-free 2020, that's a thing. So we're going to have visual. Our goals are going to be visual this year so we can see it. That's the first time I've really done that. I've had like a vision board back in the day, but I don't do that much anymore. Um, but I'd be interested to know what people do, how they how they get their goals to come to fruition. Um, I've got a few goals. Off the back of that will be debt-free 2020. Uh, play more guitar. I want to play a lot more guitar. I've got my electric guitar at my dad's house. I'm going to go pick that up for the years out. Uh, get my amp back and get my my headphones that I can plug into it so I can just rock out uh, with my cock out in my bedroom. Uh, one of my goals for life, I've always wanted to, because I'm a, lo- a music lover, I love it, and I've always wanted to write like an EP or an album of songs and record it and then possibly like play it live. So I got to fucking get practicing and get writing and get strumming because right now I am shithouse. So that's another goal. Um... Go to the gym more. Be more uh, aggressive with my health and taking care of myself. So go to the gym, consistent, hit some goals there. I Other little things with fitness. I live at the beach for fuck's sake, and I always am like, why am I not using it? So I'm going to get a snorkel before the end of the year. That sounds so stupid, but I'm going to go snorkeling more. I want to go like paddleboarding. Uh, I said to Beck the other day, I saw a kite surfer at the beach, and I was thinking, why can't I be a kite surfer? I don't know if I want to be a kite surfer, but... 
all I'm saying is anything is possible. I want to surf, you know what I mean? I want to get a bike. I want to get a mountain bike. And there's all these adventurous things I can do up here that I, I'm not doing. So 2020, I'm going to pull my head in uh, financially, but I'm going to get a couple little toys and get fit and and become a, uh, the rock star I've always wanted to be. So that's me for next year. I don't know if any of that made sense, but uh, I would like to hear about how you deal with your, your goals and things like that. Oh, and on that note, I think I'm going to end on a little, basically it was a good news story. It was a good news story for me. Um, Jason Momoa, uh, the guy, Carl Drago out of Game of Thrones. He's the big bad, uh, sexy looking Hawaiian motherfucker with the long hair. He always wears heavy metal t-shirts. I know he's a massive heavy metal fan, but this was really cool. I saw this video today and it was Jason Momoa with his kids and he was out headbanging on stage and singing This Love with Phil Anselmo and the Legals. So it was a Pantera song. Man, how cool was that? I just thought, man, this guy would be so fun to hang out with. I mean, he fucking loves all the good music. I've seen him in Pantera t-shirts, Slayer t-shirts. Uh, I know he hangs out with the guys from Slayer and stuff like that. Like, he loves Metallica, like all the good heavy metal stuff he loves. I thought, what a top bloke, you know? So that was my good news story for the day. Jace Momoa fucking just rocking out with Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. And that's pretty much it, people. Episode 27, In the Bag, King of the Couch, Monday night, 9.41pm, signing off. Have a great week, and I love you all. (laughs) 